You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 181 of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, getting our asses kicked again in Montreal, uh, being without Dylan Larkin. Uh, we do have a couple of things to celebrate, like Lord Sider and Sebastian Kosa. So we will get into all of that. Um, Mike, I thought the best way to start the conversation with the Montreal game, because uh, so the last time we played Montreal, we didn't even talk about it on the podcast. We just said, you know what? That game doesn't count. That's an outlier because we had such a great start to the season. We just decided there's no way we were going to suck this year. And then we did it again. So clearly there is a common denominator in these Canadian games, which, uh, you know, and I did find on Evolving Hockey, you can split this stuff up and uh, take a nice deep dive into uh, how each team performs game by game. And um, actually, let me blow this up here so uh, I can I can see it. Everybody can see it. What I wanted to highlight was the expected goals for percentage uh, and how we have an average. If you guys can see this, Mike, you can see this right now. Yes. Uh, we have an average of 49.14, which is, you know, below the 50%. Again, the expected goals for percentage is that uh, measurement of shot location and amount of shots. And uh, the percentage is in regards to measuring your own expected goals uh, against your opponent's expected goals. And you want to be above 50% to say that you're getting most of the chances uh, in a game to say that you have a better chance to win. So our average is below that 50%, but you could see, Mike, when we were at, uh, without Tyler Bertuzzi in Canada, we are that much worse. Uh, the only game that uh, you could add to the list would be the Washington Capitals game, where uh, we still eked out a win in overtime. But um, yeah, Mike, it's, it's clear when I mentioned the common denominator, um, you know, we have one extra uh, absence yesterday that we need to discuss. But um yeah, it's not it's not going great, Mike. It's not going great when Tyler B isn't around. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, if if you kind of comb around and try to read the article, it's like, man, Red Wings are really on a bit of a cold streak here. And it's really, yeah, well, we had a couple of Canada games kind of near each other. So I kind of expect that to keep happening because when you are playing without your very best player, uh, it's pretty noticeable. And then, you know, we also had uh, a Larkinless game, and I, I, I don't know how many deep cut analytics you got to do uh, when your two best players aren't playing. Uh, you're usually in pretty big trouble. Um, arguably, if you want to put Verona on that list, that's three out of your top four. Um, I'm already going to put Raymond as your best right. player <laughs> as far as scoring goes. You're- so, I guess the only thing is, if you're Blaschel, I think you got to be just a little disappointed that. Um, it doesn't feel like the Red Wings are taking these opportunities. You know, like that's, that's a lot of ice time that has to go out, you know, like Bertuzzi plays, you know, like 20 ish minutes a game. Um, he's a number one power play unit. I mean, that's opportunities. That's 20 extra minutes of opportunity. We got to fill that ice time. Um, every power play, we got to try and fill that out. And it doesn't feel like anybody else is, uh, I don't know, willing or God, I hope not just able to step up that that might be the scarier Abel's, part Abel's an issue uh quick shout out performance art um he's about what's up my man uh Tristan just wanted to stop by he's got some homework to do Tristan uh I gotta tell you my man uh there is a Mitchell Stevens episode that has been recorded was recorded today I just gotta edit it down so you gotta keep your uh keep keep your head out keep uh keep your ear to the ground so that uh, you don't miss that one um uh, but yeah, I just wanted to make sure I got the shout out. Oh, Soap Dish is here. Um, so I I guess uh, we can jump into 
performance arts uh, statement here. He's sick of Rasmussen. He's had enough of him. Um, now I stated in my preview for the for the Montreal game, and this is this is about you saying are are they willing or are they able? Um, and this is more or less about uh, Rasmussen replacing Dylan Larkin, and not really about Bertuzzi. But um, yeah, I think I think uh, to performance arts point and to what I'm about to say, I think the able uh, might be the bigger issue here because I, I think what we saw a lot of people were upset with, uh, with Blasha last night, not getting his team ready to go, but you just made the argument yourself pointing out Verana's out as well. And you basically have before the season started, our first line that you would have penciled in of Bertuzzi, Larkin and Verana are all out. And when a team is missing their top line, I guarantee it's going to be pretty difficult uh, to find a win. Now, I, I will say this conversation could go in so many different directions when you bring up a name like Michael Rasmussen, because uh, when I go back to uh, what I, the, the, the other point I was making on my preview from yesterday's game, I said, well, this is that opportunity we've been asking for for Rasmussen. And what we saw, Mike, was a guy who, by, by all accounts, this goes back to his initial scouting report, was the skating was an issue. And skating, Mike... How many years later after the draft was an issue? Those draft, <laughs> those draft guys nailed it. Boom! <laughs> Call that shit. Um, um, Matt, I got a fun, I got two fun numbers for you. Are you ready? Okay, yeah, shoot. All right, so one of them, I'm going to put a positive spin on uh, Montreal owning us. Um, also, this is a little bit of a revenge series because uh, didn't we almost sweep the Canadians? Was it two years ago? Oh, we went 4 0. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is a little bit of a revenge series so far. Uh, the Canadians, by the way, three and eight, two of those wins. Yeah, in regulation. Anyway, um, Matt, here's the. I'm gonna. I have a fun number for you because I think it'll make you feel kind of happy. Who yeah. led the Red Wings defensively in ice time against Montreal? Um, I'm gonna guess it was Mo Sider. Matt, it took you one guess. You are correct. Now, why did the Red Wings lose, Matt? Which forward? Led the Red Wings in ice time against the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> if you guess this, Matt, then I, I don't know. I think you should have your name etched in the, the FanDuel like, Hall of Fame because there's no <laughs> way anybody else would have got this on the first guess. I'm going to say, because this is so off the wall, and we've discussed him a little bit, I, I'm going to try Pew Suter first. Oh, Matt. I like where your head's at, but that is okay. wrong. Um, <laughs> I think you're still going to be stunned by this answer. Matt, Gags. Gags himself. <laughs> Sam Gagne. Oh, We're not man. keeping that nickname. Was that Red Wing Twitter calling him Gags? Yeah, at Detroit Red Wings uh, decided his name is Gags. <laughs> there, there had to be a second choice, right? <laughs> that was one for, you know, that, that was somebody just... Flying by the seat of their pants that night. I, I gotta believe that uh, they they hire those guys and that that's their job for the night. Like you, you're getting brought in to handle Red Wings Twitter, and uh, there's nobody managing that. They just tell them try not to, you know, try not to get our account shut down and have at it. Gay. You know, the only one I can think of that's worse is I work as, with. Uh, somebody and their last name is Jasinski, and it's a little bit like using Jasinski. the first syllable of that last name, so it's almost as bad. But anyway, I'm um, just shocking, Matt. Uh, I'm gonna give you 30 seconds. Your coach, Blashel, how did Gags lead the forwards in ice time? Your thoughts? <laughs> um, wow, getting into character quick. <laughs> He, I mean, he, he's a Renaissance man, right? So he could do it all. Uh -huh. Um, sure. so clearly he could be, uh, out there for power plays and penalty kills. So that's gonna, that's gonna goose. That's, you know, that's his, that's his goose suit. If I'm a real Brandon Inge uh, out there. Yeah. So he's going to be getting those extra minutes for those reasons. So I, I'm going to say that's, yeah. that's how that happened. All right. We'll give it to you. Um, and then just give us one blash face, uh, for that question. Uh, so I, I, I would say like the best point to come back to though, is that there was a lot of panic yesterday on social media 
Um, and our, our best players were playing. It wasn't even a game. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm coming back to. <laughs> Most of the Red Wings didn't show up, let alone fans. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's the best point to land on is that there is no need to panic. Uh, the question I wanted to ask, and and it was brought up um, by our friend uh, friend of the show, Max Boltman. Of course, was on a couple weeks ago. Uh, his article today, he said there, there's two identities uh, that the Red Wings have right now. And if I if I pulled up Evolving Hockey again, I would say that identity is is pretty much defined by whether or not we're we're in Canada. So I, I don't know if it's fair to say we have two identities or if it's just we have an identity when we're missing our top players. Or it's it's not even an identity. We look worse when our top players aren't in. And I think that's normal. I think that's fair. I think that's kind of like what would happen for any sport, any team, anywhere. Right. Let's just, can't we all just agree on that? I'm just, I'm having a rough time because um, like without your best players, it's, it's not even real. Right. Um, and yeah, soap dish nailing it right here. Oh, and three on the Bertuzzi Canadian trail. Um, I mean, you know, this is a this is a Detroit sports show. You saw how the Pistons were winless without Cade Cunningham, um, and now he's back and he looks incredibly rusty, uh, like he hasn't touched a basketball since the whole time he was hurt. <laughs> uh, but he'll get back. Um, but God, it, it's such a, a world of difference. I just, man, ah. it's Weird. almost the equi- like the Red Wings without. Take, you know, take a look at, it's it's almost like a, a team playing without their quarterback, Matt. Like, take, I can't believe it's that bad. Uh, I can't highlight the last row, but I, I wanted everybody to see this. This this is that same table, the game logs. The, the, the last row here, um, and if I may, the three highlighted games at the bottom here are games in, in Canada. Uh, so anybody uh, listening to the podcast, I do apologize, but we're looking at expected goals plus or minus. So you're, you're basically just taking that expected goals for – and seeing the difference between your expected goals against. And, I mean, there, there's our one game here, October 29th. That was against Florida. Florida, Mike, I mean, come on. They, they look like world beaters. They're, they're the top team in the league right now with, um, uh, oh, my gosh. It, uh, it's a skate. Oh, with Carolina. So, I mean, is that the worst thing in the world, that we were a smidge uh, below zero? And, again, you're, you're – Looking at this expected goals plus or minus statistic, you're taking your expected yeah, goals you can, for. You can live with that. Right. Sure. So, right. right. Yeah. So it's it's just a smidge below, not great. But then the rest of these numbers are are above or they're either at zero or above. And I, I would say that's normal for where we want the wings. I mean, we talked at the beginning of the season that since we played that second half of our 20 only 2021 season was at 500 hockey. And we made upgrades to this team. We made the argument before the season started, Mike, that we could sniff a 500 points percentage by the end of the season, a 500 season for this Red Wings team. And when you take a look at the st- uh, statistic of five on five chances and our opponent, uh, our chances versus our opponent's chances, and pretty much we're either hovering around right at zero or we're, we're kicking up above it. I just think like. <laughs> There, there's too much panic. And I, I, this is like probably the best way to illustrate that is this uh, statistic here on the end uh, of this table. Again, for anybody watching on YouTube, just to show that that difference that we really do. We either compete to a T or we handle that game completely. And I just don't I, I, I just don't want people to go too far in one direction or the other because it certainly happened last night. All right, Mike, we have we have other stuff to talk about. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's but, some good news actually. But yeah, yeah. But before we do that, we are. Uh, <laughs> I want to get this right. Damn it, we want to get out of here in 30 minutes. We want to do finally a 30 minute show. So that means we're about halfway, Mike. And that All means right. uh, it's everybody's favorite part of the show, Mike. I want you to jump in here and tell everybody where Matt's been winning a bunch of money every weekend watching football games. NFL fans and NHL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and NHL. As you covered, two customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, turkey dinner. It's that simple. The sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. 
DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Woo. All right. Got that one out of the way. Um, we do have uh, uh, an official complaint, Mike. Uh, 30 minutes, Ooh, way too me. short for a Red Wings rant episode. Um, here, we'll get personal here for a second. Um, Mike, little Teddy yes. Boy is going through sleep training right now. Oh, Teddy Boy. He cried. Not just like, you know, not like a, <laughs> I mean, like screech crying like a, like a demon was possessing him for two hours last night wow. 3 a.m to 5 a.m the real halloween spirit for a teddy boy huh Woo. Yeah. so <laughs> i'm riding cool. i'm riding a coffee fueled roller coaster right now a lot of cold brew is <laughs> circulating through the veins coursing right through the mat veins. yeah so yeah. uh matt 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 does have to cut this one a little short and I, i'm wasting time right i'm wasting time talking that's about right. it. we like hearing about your life matt oh thank you we like hearing about I, I like, old teddy boy you know what i like talking about myself <laughs> really matt like two podcasts we hadn't figured it out but go ahead man what do you got for us hockey wise well we got Hi-oh. um Oh, you know what? This is the wrong one. But Sebastian Kosa posted his his 10th career WHL shutout last night with a 7 to nothing victory. I think the Edmonton Oil Kings might be uh, a, a little a little bit more a little stacks. Yeah, I, it sounds yeah. like they're not Alabama, like Alabama college football, but you know, for hockey. Um, it, it's it's yeah. a, it's a, it's it's stacked a little bit in their favor. Uh, but I, what are you gonna do? Be mad that the guy was the best player on the best team? I, you know, right. tough bananas. Somebody's got to win. Yeah. More importantly, he was celebrating his own award of being the WHL uh, goalie of the month. So we've got uh, everybody probably knows the other award we're gonna talk about, but this is this is exciting. Um, I think we all were a little. Let's let's be honest. We're a little disappointed with uh, training camp and uh, the prospect tournament, and we wanted to see Kosa just like throw up shutout after shutout. And um, (laughs) I mean, that was totally unfair, way off base to think about how young this kid is, and he's going up against pros for the first time. Uh, But this this definitely gets us excited again. This this is what you want to see because we're already. Yeah, I know on. very early on, we've, you know, I, I know that it looks like we hit on Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider, but can we also immediately hit on a teenage goalie? Come on, Iserman. <laughs> Give us something to root for. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a cool little award and, you know, just makes us feel a little bit better about that uh, first round goalie pick. Yeah, and it, it's it's just adding to this list, right? Like we need to do, we need to do a, a, thorough, a thorough breakdown of what's going on with Elmer Soderblom, you know, eight foot tall Elmer Soderblom, who's I think on a five goal game streak at this point, or at least the last time uh, he played, he was on that five goal game streak. And Simon Edmondson has been lights out. Like he's putting on more insider performances in the SHL this year. So it's just one of those things where we just get more excited. But uh, this, this is something as, as you just mentioned, Mike, we, we it looks like we nailed it with more insider at least uh, one month in because he's our other, award winner um he won the october uh rookie of the month now mike it's nice getting that is this a bit of a shock no that he that he took it over raymond oh um that is that is a good question because if you take a look at you know both of their performances i mean you you could just take it from the points and give it to uh uh to lucas but you could also look at the underlying uh analytics and I think the only thing working against Lucas is that Moritz Sider is just already turned into like he needs to be out there for every situation for the Red Wings to sniff a win. Where if you were just looking at, you know, expected goals, if you're just looking at points, you know, Lucas had the better month. But if you look at the guy who's actually affecting this game and affecting the wins and he has to be out there for us to get close to a win, 
-hmm. like that is outside of production. That's where we're talking the narrative. That's where we're talking, you know, the eyeball test. I think, and that's where Mort Sider gets this win. This is a big deal because you and I made our um, our predictions before the season, and I just said that Mo was going to medal um, for Rookie of the Year, but. Based on this, based on the way like Lucas Raymond already had like some pretty like sexy, um, you know, like coloring book stats with golf won the nut. It feels like those are usually the types of players that we're going to see win these types of awards for them to already be giving Mo Sider like credit. I mean, he did have assists. Let's not forget that he did that. Um, and he's already among the league leaders for that. But he didn't have the sexy like goal reels, you know, like Raymond did. So for them to already be like, into this narrative, we might be getting one of those uh, little sneaky uh, deep cut uh, rookie of the years, man. Might be our yeah. I, I'm I'm all for it because I mean he's also putting up the production, so it's one of those things like um, uh, I don't know. Some sometimes sometimes it's just like it's it's just the failings of uh, the NHL is that they do still like to highlight uh, point producers because uh, really it's it's easier to market it's better to market it's something that kids get excited about so that'll be the cherry on top is that more cider continues to produce with this team but yeah I, I mean he's easily the best player on this team uh it, i i think just from the the standpoint that jeff blashell already can't go you know I, I mean he plays half the game every game already you know it, and it's one of those things where we did that with with heronic and then we started making the argument that well Heronic's analytics probably look bad because he's playing, you know, a half hour every game. And then you look at Mo Sider do it. Yeah. He's making oh. it work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is this is the other thing I wanted to point out with Mo. Oh, yeah, drop the quote in there, too. Yeah. Uh, so this, this is Mo being asked about being named uh, Rookie of the Month because I, I thought this was beautiful. I thought this was deserving of um, someone else on the team uh, being stripped of uh, their alternate captain. <laughs> here's mo uh a rookie right <laughs> here's his answer uh it's obviously a nice uh little appreciation i like how he threw in little but i think all in all i just want to win hockey games i'm really looking forward to the next couple of games we have two more on this road trip and i think we're hungry we want to get those four points um now <clears throat> this is this is my favorite part about this entire the award being given to Mo Sider is this quote right here. Cause he is so locked in and dialed in. We've been talking about this since the season started that he's like a machine. He's like a robot and they're looking for a little bit of, you know, they're looking for something colorful to post online. They're looking for something cute and funsies of like, Oh, Mo, it's your first. And, and, and he comes locked in with like this. Well, the only thing I've been thinking about is winning the next couple of games. So yeah, I'll just keep, I'll just keep winning these uh, because that'll just be what happens when I'm on the ice, but I just want to win hockey games. Uh, and I, I just think that's awesome. Um, I think uh, it, it, it almost got mis uh, defined or titled as like, um, like Mo Sider being humble. I just think he's locked in. Like, this is just focus. This is like, no, don't, I don't want to be asked this question right now. I want to go watch film. I want to beat. I want to beat these fucking Bruins. Uh, I want to beat the Sabers. I want to beat the Golden Knights this weekend. Just isn't get that out all of here. we've isn't that all we've heard from him? Like from yeah. all his coaches, is like what a like competitive player he is and how much he wants to improve. Like you know, yeah. every every week, every day, every game, every practice, every training session. Um, See, I, I think you're right. And sometimes those quotes seem kind of hollow because they, they seem like a, like a, you know, a PA said, hey, say something, you know, about the betterment of the team. Don't, you know, don't be like, you know, the selfish hot dog. It really feels like he's, I don't even think he's trying to pander. I just think he's like, yeah, that, that's nice, but I would like to win some more games. And performance art, boom, right on, right in lockstep with us. Future captain of the team. Even if he's not, you know, Larkin spot definitely be taken to Kaiser or Mark Stahl's A. Um, I yeah. think so. It's definitely bodes well. I, I think as a Detroit fan, you got to be pretty happy um, about those kind of words coming out of a teenager. This is a great point too. Is that ninety five percent of the time he looks like a highly skilled vet? And I, I, it's what's funny is the, that five percent of the time those rookie mistakes that are slipping in there. 
he does so well to correct them. And like, right. as we mentioned in the last episode, immediately be like work on himself and create offense and, and put pucks in the back of the net or at least assist on them. Like, it, it's just like, you almost want to see those mistakes to have him get it out of the way and learn what it feels like because he's so dialed in. He's just, he's just going to erase them completely from his game moving forward. Um, I do want to touch on this. Uh, Eric Johnson, uh, we were chatting yesterday with my Montreal Canadiens uh, preview uh, but he he wants to throw in there the conversation on a left-handed uh, or our left side defenseman. I'll just put it that way, uh, because I, I I saw the the post today where some of the statistics on uh, this this kind of will will go in lockstep with the cider conversation. But uh, we are we are desperate for one. I just wonder, Mike, where we want to take this question and do we really want to force this this season? Cause this was also a heated topic last night on Twitter of us going and searching for a left side defenseman to replace Mr. DeKaiser. Or do we just grin and bear it, get through the season, his contract's up and then we move on. We're not winning the cup this year anyway. Let's not lose any assets, but we'll get into that in a second. First, I want to point out the statistics here, Mike. Mo Sider, Nick Letty, Mike, 66.24 percent 66.24 percent expected goals when they were playing together mike cider and danny de kaiser 43.46 far 17 percentage points below 50 mike nick letty and heronic who i got shit for saying it's fine that he took a couple of games off right i i'm the moron in that equation but heronic and letty 38.7 percent and then, of course, our favorite so far this season, Philip Aronik, Danny DeKaiser, 46.1%. So the odd pairing in here that really needs some work is Aronik and Letty. Um, we know that Danny DeKaiser is hurting Cider's game. We we can see that anytime he's out there, Cider either is forced to correct those, those issues um, or we just go through these games and we see the the hard statistics are actually giving us that, that number to work with that uh, he's, he's not able to generate the same quality and number of chances that he could when he was playing with Nick Letty. I will go, we'll, we'll jump into the question here. I don't know which one you want to tackle first, but I'm going to add one more and I want to get your opinion. Now, Eric throws in there, Grin and Barrett. Do you try and fix this left-handed or the left side defenseman issue through a trade or whatnot? Do you grin and bear it? And then uh, the other issue here, Mike, is do you just put DeKaiser and Heronic back together, have them fuck shit up, uh, I guess in a negative way, and just have them suck, and then get Letty and Cider back together because that was working. So you have just one power elite D pairing that can go with that first line and we can have a lot of fun. Uh, and then just put DeKaiser and Heronic, drop them down to like six minutes a game, put baby in a corner and we'll try and move on. <laughs> and I, I think I say that too, only because it looks like Blashill is making it impossible to see, you know, Osterley and Lindstrom come in and we're not sure what Lindstrom's injury is, but I, I figured that eventually should be an option as well. So I'm throwing you all that stuff. Mike, what do you, what do you think? Grin and Barrett trade or just put to Kaiser and Heronic you know, six minutes a night. Let's let's give Cider and Letty. They get 40 minutes. <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, I, I kid. But, um, yeah, yeah, how do we figure this out? Very quickly, you know, without doing a ton of research, um, I just wanted to look at, like, the 2021, like, last year's trade deadline. Um, and there were some definitely defensemen that kind of moved around, but – I mean, essentially, if you're looking at, you know, giving up anything outside of a first and second round pick, yeah. I think what Eiserman's going to say is, as you, the veteran, are you hurting the growth of my babies? <laughs> so I, I think that as time goes on, and if he's worried that they're not quite developing because, uh, you know, People like Cider are having to constantly, like, you know, check their coattails for people who can't skate with them. Um, you know, if, or if they continue to worry, like, man, maybe 
what do we got to do about Heronic? Like, we, we really used to rely on this guy. Are we going to keep playing this over and over and over, like, to the detriment of the team and to the detriment of development? I think that's where the question, you know, arises. If they can still kind of flounder and – or, like, you know, we saw them start out pretty hot, you know, and win games and look impressive and they were fighting, um, you know, scratching and clawing for, you know, points in the standings. You know, that, that was inspired, watchable, thrilling hockey, Matt. But I think if it's to the detriment of the team and they continue this, you know, we know they're going to have issues in Canada. If it's anything more than a second round pick, I think Eiserman's just going to twiddle his thumbs. I don't, I don't think he's going to panic because we are, we already know somebody like Edmondson's going to be com- coming up. We know that there's an off season coming. We know there's contracts that are going to be up this, this summer. So I, I don't know if they're really dying to, Put somebody on waivers, eat that money, and then trade a draft pick for, you know, a rental. Because we already know that there's defensive prospects that are, you know, on the cusp of getting called up. So, ultimately, after a lot of hemming and hawing, I don't know if I see a lot of moves for us in the near future. I want to give uh, the nod here, Derek Hand. Uh, Derek, uh, glad to have you on. He throws out there, trade Stetcher for Justin Hall. Um, Now, I, I put this together here. Uh, it's not an incredible upgrade as we can see here with the two charts coming from evolving hockey. And what you're seeing uh, are the measurements or comparisons between goals four per 60 expected goals uh, and Corsi both uh, for and against. And what you're looking for are some blue charts and you want less orange slash red charts. And we have a lot of orange slash slash red from both Justin and Danny DeKaiser. So the argument here, I would assume, is that Justin is going to be put in a different opportunity. And there's there's just there there's obviously an upgrade here. If we were talking strictly the hard analytics uh, for a multi-season comparison between these two fellers. But, um, you know, not not an incredible upgrade, but really it, it just comes down to it. Anything that uh, isn't Danny DeKaiser should probably be looked at as an upgrade. I wouldn't so, trade. Mike, if it was I wouldn't trade Stetcher, though. I, I would rather trade a draft pick at this point. I, you know, third, third or lower, but I, I wouldn't trade Stetcher. And I, I, I can respect that too, because I feel like what we'd be doing is taking another D pairing that we have locked up that right now is a plus 50% expected goals for percentage of uh, Mark Stahl and Troy Stetcher. And we have two seasons of data to compare that to, uh, or I guess, what am I saying? Two seasons. We have a half a season plus 10 games. Um, and they've played really well together. So the last thing I want to do is break that up when you have something that you could fall back on is, is having stature. But I like where Derek's head is at. Like it's not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Th- like this is, this is the kind of thing we're looking for where Toronto hasn't put him, uh, in a, in a prominent spot. So this is something you could, you could nab up. No problem. Yeah. I love um, his hall. I love his hall pick. I just, I wouldn't give up stature. That's all. But I love yeah, that I think, all decision. Yeah. I think the argument of the draft pick too is right up Toronto's alley, especially with something where they've really struggled to, I mean, they've had goaltender issues uh, this season that's, you know, been hurt because of uh, salary cap issues and they blame it on COVID and whatnot. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this like that, that would be the perfect way for Toronto to solve that and get a little bit of space. Uh, I'm not sure what Hall's contract look, looks like, but at least that's, that's certainly in the realm that we want to look at. Um, now we it's, have that. Uh, looks uh, like his numbers are, I think, two million a year. All right, nothing, cool. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. Now I'll I'll say this. Um, now here's Soapdish says we want to go sort of like in the Fabry direction for uh, a left side defenseman. Um, I think Justin right now is 29, so we are past trying to find a young guy in that in that realm. That's just trying to replace DeKaiser with, uh, oh, you know what? I had that pulled up, the $2 million from Gap Friendly. Let's just try to re- uh, replace DeKaiser. You know, any replacement is, is an upgrade. But uh, I like where Soap Dish's head is at, is trying to find something that would be similar to Fabry um, and trying to, trying to just make that work. I, I just wonder what we give up uh, to go in that direction, where I think if it is a haul, I feel like that, asset we'd have to lose would probably be uh, a little less steep in value um where steve eiserman is now defining himself as the reclamation project gm and the more he does that i'm sure the the price the asking price is just going to start to go up 
And that's, that's unfortunately like the philosophy of being successful with that. Right. And, uh, GMs having to adjust as they move forward while playing that game with Steve. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, Iserman is, if, if his motto, you know, as a GM, I'd say it's like that quote on the Statue of Liberty. Uh, Give me your tired, your poor, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Uh, you know, that's, that's definitely Steve there with his reclamation projects. But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Hall. Uh, we'd have to kind of shop around and, See who else is willing to give up a, you know, number three or four second pairing defenseman, Matt. But uh, I like the idea. Hey, just a, a quick gif here. Uh, gif to uh, Brad was asking what uh, Osterley looks like because um, uh, Osterley j- did play on the right side when he did get some ice time uh, a week ago. But we can take a look at Osterley and compare him with DeKaiser at least uh, for this, this season. And uh, I mean, we could see Osterley actually was pretty successful. Um, it's a small sample size. Yes. Uh, for this past season, but um, I mean, it was something that was successful, right? Like if we're trying to figure out who could be better than Danny DeKaiser, why not just throw in Osterley? Because he had a good time apparently. The goals for per 60 is there. The expected goals against per 60 is there. And if, uh, you know, you, you're you figuring just any way to find some sort of advantage with these guys out there, it's not the deep red bars here that we see on DeKaiser's side. So it, it's, we're not looking for a world beater here. We're just looking for an upgrade. And really right now, again, it looks like anybody would be an upgrade. Um we do have uh, everybody seems to be on board with uh, with keeping Troy. Uh, Derek just wishes that uh, Troy was left-handed. Um, I, I, I think that's that's probably something the Red Wings wish too, with, uh, with him not being in the lineup at the start of the season. It seems like there's something about Troy, like his issues with trying to fit on special teams as well, have kind of hurt him. Uh, so yeah, I I like Troy Stetcher. I was glad that we got to keep him. I'm glad that we got to keep him and Lindstrom. I think uh, Chalowski leaving was uh, worked out best for the Red Wings because now he's pretty much done. Uh, I mean, he he got put on waivers. Capitals picked him up. I'm not sure what he's doing now, but I still like hanging on to Stetcher for the time being, and I like uh, having that stall Stetcher line as an option. So that, that's where my head's at. Yeah, I got one more question for you here too, Matt. Um, yeah, we've we've seen. Um... Peronic get a, an early, you know, uh, early season soft reboot where, you know, we're going to bench you for a couple and let's see what happens when I put some other guys on the ice, you know, from Blashville. Not that I think it's going to make worlds a difference, but is there something to, we know DeKaiser's been through just, you know, hellacious injuries. So it's, it's a miracle. He's even like playing, you know, you know, as a shell of himself. Is there anything to like, an NBA style load management for him where maybe less games we can get more out of him. So more healthy scratches so he can come back at full strength. Um, it just looks to me like it's a, it, it, it's a speed thing. So even from the start of the season, I mean, that that's, we're talking about our, our lower body injuries and, and him coming back from those. It just looks like the game has passed him by. You could give it a shot. I don't know why he hasn't had, you know, the healthy scratch so far this season. Um, uh, the point was brought up before the season started, or I'm sorry, like we were a weekend. Like, I hope he's not being saved from the healthy scratches because they made him an alternate captain. And, um, you know, you, you, at first you go, that's ridiculous. Why would they ever do that? And we talked about it actually. And then, you know, then yeah. we mentioned Nielsen was healthy scratch last year. But then you're like trying to put it together and he's he's clearly been uh the weak link for whatever deep pairing he's on and uh, yeah it's just it's tough to figure out what's going on there. Hmm. I do like Fethdar's point about how it was so hard for us to find a righty and now <laughs> now we need to get away from that situation. I uh I was I was thinking that as well I think at the start of the season but uh like like we said earlier I think the real solution here might be might be to just <laughs> let the season happen <laughs> just wait. And as much as that sucks, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't look terrible. And I, I still think we're, we're, we haven't even tried the Osterly on the left side yet. And, and we talked too about maybe putting one of our guys on the wrong side as well. 
Um, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So I, I think that's a legit option that could still prove to be better than Danny DeKaiser. And um, yeah, we've got uh, we've got some names being thrown out there, Mike. Tristan's uh, he's back. He's throwing out Cam Fowler. Um, I gotta say, I uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I'm all about it. Um, I think uh, Anaheim's the one that thinks I, I heard it explained on Puck Soup where it, it looks like uh, Anaheim is trying to do this thing where they're going to reload with young talent and keep all of their old guys and just hope that it works out for one one magical season. Um, so if you can pry one of these guys away from Anaheim or if we see one of them move, then that's where you know, that's where we can get, you know, kind of creative and antsy with, with Cam Fowler and, and the Ducks. But so far, it just looks like the Ducks want to luck out and have the young talent sort of elevate along with keeping the old guys. Uh, the young talent's going to elevate to being elite all of a sudden. And uh, yeah, then the, they'll hopefully win a cup is, is kind of what uh, what it looks like the management style is. Uh, no tanking in Anaheim. You can't do it. You got to keep everybody. That would be an incredibly tough get, I feel like. That would involve first-round picks. Have I, have I mentioned, um, I actually did a, a school accounting project uh, like uh, two years out of high school with Cam Fowler's junior hockey team D-pairing uh, mate. Yeah, I, I kind of vaguely remember that story. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. We're, we're still buddies on Facebook. Maybe one day if Cam Fowler comes over to the wings, I'll... Uh... I'll talk to that guy and then tell him to bring him on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I would love work out. Fowler on the wings, but I, they would, it would be giving up a lot. And I don't know, I, I, based on what happens one game of uh, Bertuzzi being out, I, I don't think Cam Fowler is the, the answer. Probably like nine forwards plus Fowler and then probably another defenseman. Now, uh, this soap dish is applying this to the Grin and Barrett, I believe. Uh, but bringing up Lindholm being an upcoming free agent, Tristan's all about it. Um, I, I think, I think that's the route to go again. I, I think you guys are uh, are right to bring that up uh, and start looking at the free agent market. Now, it could be something too, soap dish, where you bring up Lim, uh, Lindholm being an upcoming free agent. You could bring in the conversation. Do you think it's time that we? Um, we explore trying to bring them over uh, and try and snatch anything early. If, if we still think there's something to salvage in this season, but I I'm still, again, I'm, I'm going to push away from that, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw out there, you know, you, you put out there for Lindholm. I'm just wondering where your head's at. Are you trying to take advantage of the fact that he has an upcoming expiring contract or, or where, where's your head? Do you, do you want to force something this year? Um, I'll, I'll tell you what that, that we got to wrap up soon. Cause I said a half hour and we're at 42 minutes. But uh, soap dish, I want to get your thoughts on that, and then uh, we'll kind of we'll kind of wrap up here. I'd say the only way that Lindholm deal is possible, if it kind of goes more along, what I would call more of an NBA transaction, where at the deadline Anaheim's like, dude, he's just gonna walk. Let's just get try and get something for him, and that's where the Red Wings could maybe throw a pick their way and you know try to re-sign him. But I, if stuff feels like it would be an awful lot uh, to get him, like more than the Red Wings should be responsibly offering. Yeah, and Soap Dish, uh, his official statement, everybody. Uh, he doesn't think Eisman is going to trade for him. Now, Tristan's thrown out there, too. Every time we talk about uh, potential free agents, somebody gets extended. So he's calling it. <laughs> Dude, five, every time. Five by five deal. Every time, Tristan. 100% of the time. Uh, well, <clears throat> I mean, this, this is the FUD conversation, right? Because um, if, we, if we are adding a Hampus Lindholm or we find space for him, and we know that there's potential for Simon Edmondson to be making his way over next year, especially with how well he's playing. I mean, yeah. you you play a game in the SHL and everybody's comparing you to Nicholas Lidstrom. I, I can't imagine you're spending too much more time away from your professional camp. But who knows? Hmm. Well, Mike, um, did we have anything else uh, on our list that uh, I failed to mention? Because I brought up more things than I... Oh, oh, right. The end of Gary Bettman's... Uh stint as commissioner we could talk more about that in the next episode i, I just wanted to make oh, yeah. sure i got that out there in one of uh uh our episodes is i you know i mentioned that uh the second all of this stuff started coming out uh kyle beach and um when punishments were being handed down and we all kind of looked at it and we're just kind of like what the fuck is this 
bullshit. <laughs> like, what kind of lame punishment is this for one of the most egregious, you know, acts that's we've ever seen in pro sports? Yeah. And um, my first thought was, all right, we've perpetuated some horrible hockey culture for quite a while. And there's been one guy at the helm this entire time. <sighs> there's not much to go over, but we can, we can talk about it more in the next episode, but um, I'm, I'm hoping um, now that the owners are starting to grumble. And I always say, it doesn't matter when we're angry, but when rich people get angry, <laughs> that's when change happens. The only thing is we are talking about making rich people happy as well, which also bugs me. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a shit-filled street uh, to walk down. Really, root, root, really rooting for that uh, trickle-down uh, economics here. Let me tell you, um, which I did. I thought we were done with, but yeah, we need to make that, <laughs> appease them for sure. Yeah, let's wrap it up, man. All right, um, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Sorry, we're not going uh, with our regular ninety-minute episode, but Matt's uh, <laughs> gonna go to sleep. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday after the Vegas game and we'll kind of wrap up the weekend. And hopefully like uh, Mo Sider said, we'll be, uh, be knocking some boys out. Uh, he said four points, Mike, I- I'm going to say six points. Woo! <laughs> I'm not calling six points. I'm just wondering why Sider said this weekend, we're going to wrap up four points when we clearly have three games. So he's selling us short, Mike, take out, take that captain, just rip it right off. He's done. He called a lost. I'm kidding. He just was talking about the away games. All right. Uh, Sorry, this isn't even funny. Uh, Very important question before we go. Yeah. Boston, not in Canada. Matt, Buffalo, that is very close to Niagara Falls. Does that fall into Canada? Are we safe? Will we get... Well, we can't produce in that game. It would be funny if Buffalo was like, I'm sorry, that's just, that's too close. Tyler can't come. Or if there was like a, like a radius. that <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo had to change stadiums so that uh, Tyler could play. Oh, um, and then, and then Vegas. So I, I, yeah, I mean, these are all winnable games because Bertuzzi is playing. Whoo. I, well, I went with like a big juicy loss in my preview. If you guys want to watch that on the channel, uh, it's an eight minute video, a lot quicker than this sucker. Uh, so are you going loss, win, win? I am. I guess I haven't done my deep dive yet on the other two games, but I, I would probably guess loss, win, loss. I see us. Uh, oh, you know winning. what? Vegas is. I, I forget about Vegas's injuries. Um, I'm. Oh, fuck it. Let's do loss, win, win. And then I'm going to say loss, win, win. Then we play Edmonton. I'm getting ahead of myself. That's a loss. But then we're playing the Capitals, which is a game I'm attending. So we're going to win 9-1. to one. Woo! Can't wait. I'll give them one. Fethdar did point out, Mike, if, if Buffalo wasn't allowed. Uh, Fethdar, have... don't you dare. <laughs> don't you, you dare bring that up again. We, I don't we want have anyone Tyler's... else to hear how close we are. Tyler Bertuzzi's <laughs> only allowed to play in U.S. games outside of Detroit and and. <laughs> He's he's only allowed to play on the offensive zone in the first and third period, and then the defensive zone in the second period. Otherwise, he's too close to Canada. We got to pull him out. Also, Brad thrown out there: Arizona too close to Mexico. But we do Get have out uh, here, Brad. <laughs> too close to Mexico. Brad's got OT loss, loss, and win. You guys are really in love with Buffalo right now. I got I gotta say. That smells to me like that's one of the games where the Red Wings are going to take We're bringing them one. back to earth, baby. Yeah, yeah. I, that's a back to earth Buffalo We're taking game. them to Pound Town. Uh, Tristan's also in that uh, wow. East going Buffalo loss, no, but a man. win against Boston and Vegas. Woo. All right, Soap Dish bringing us, bringing us back down to earth. He's going 0-3. Oh, Soap Dish, come on, man. All right, a few of these. I want to see some FanDuel screenshots because holy crap. Win, loss, win? Come on. Yeah, we should we should do that. Uh, if you guys have a, have a we fun should do weekend, the screenshot challenge yeah. and see who's gonna stand up with these picks. Um, Fethdar does bring up. It would be fun if they had like a little Fethdar. Like I don't a know six if you've been bubble. to a. I don't know if you've been to a Red Wing home game yet this year, but in between periods, they do put the guys in plastic bubbles. So Matt, it's an option for Tyler. Fitted? Yeah, you got to put a. Yeah, we got to close up the top though, so like you could still breathe out the top. We got to. Patch that right up. He's got to keep all that carbon monoxide inside. What we could get one of those. Um, wait, what do you expel? You bring in oxygen. 
and you carbon dioxide comes out oh yeah dioxide i said monoxide i was having one of those uh yeah don't give them carbon monoxide man it'll be dead (laughs) what if we get them uh one of those you know like for the for the uh dryer you know those aluminum uh pipes and we'll send it up through the the roof of little caesars see now this is how we take a 40 minute episode and turn it into an hour um i gotta give tristan a chance though he, he does say it the, the buffalo game is a trap game for us so i i'm assuming so i'm playing the game like buffalo's gonna be like all right we're gonna keep this hot streak going we're gonna stay at the top of the atlantic um we got detroit coming in they're they're little fluffer nutters uh so we're gonna take a big chomp out of them it's a you know sandwich fluffer nutter anyways um <laughs> I'm also trying to give a buffer game for for Dylan to come back. Uh, Ooh, man. yeah. If we don't have Dylan for Boston, and that's how I played my preview. If Dylan is not playing in Boston, automatic loss. Uh, so I'm assuming that it's a buzzsaw for the next game. I, if you guys want to check out the preview, I mean that second line is producing uh, just as well as the first line, which, if we all remember, is titled the perfection line for a reason in Boston. So you've got some secondary scoring that you've got to compete with. And I just want to remind everybody how incredibly difficult that is. If I have to take, find any secondary scoring. If I have to take the FanDuel screenshot challenge, I'm going lost win-win. And uh, just like I gave Tristan the shot, uh, Soap Dish, he's going 0 for 3. And his reasoning is because he wants more top 10 picks. So that's. (laughs) All right. I, I, got, I had to do that. I don't want anybody missing out on their shot to uh, to defend themselves. All right. Uh, like I mentioned, the Boston preview is out, so you guys can go check that out. Just going over some of the analytics and trying to find a victory. Um, it was really tough, so you can guess where I settled. Oh, I just gave away where I settled. What the fuck am I talking about? But, yeah, go watch the video. Um, like I mentioned, Tristan has been begging for a Mitchell Stevens video. I just have to finish editing that one. Um, it actually ended up being about 90 minutes of recorded footage, and I want to shrink it down to about 15 minutes. So that's going to take Matt quite a bit of time. Uh, but you guys want to check that out because there is an announcement for a giveaway in that video. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, keep uh, keep your ear to the ground. Uh, I said keep your head to the wall, I think, at the start of this episode. Keep your foot uh, to the pedal. Keep your foot to the pedal and <laughs> keep your <laughs> episode. You'll run it over. Um I don't know. Fuck. I'm, I got to go to bed. All right. Uh, Keep a hot dog in the buns. <laughs> Keep your hot dog in the buns. Cover it with mustard and <laughs> relish, and that episode will be in your pocket. I, stop letting me talk. Jesus Christ. You got to go. All right. <laughs> see you, man. Matt, how's Teddy doing? <laughs> doing Another 20-minute segment. All right. See you, everybody. <laughs>